Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. The first hour of the week dedicated to football in the state of Montana and what a week to dedicate one hour or more to today as the Montana and Mon- Montana Grizzlies and Montana State Bobcats both with convincing victories. It took a little while for the Cats to get on track, but when they did, they were rolling. And Montana, oh, wow. That is a statement game if ever there was one and maybe a little retribution and they are back into the top 10 in the nation for the first time since 2016. In fact, exactly three years. It was September of 2016. Last time Montana was ranked in the top 10 in the nation. They are now number eight in the country. The Cats up to number six. Montana dominating uh, UC Davis, the number fourth ranked team in the nation uh, as of last, last week. They are down to 12, by the way. So we will go through both of these games. We'll hear sound from both coaches, from players from both teams, and go through everything that happened in an eventful and very good weekend across the state of Montana, the first weekend of Big Sky Conference play. You know, it's almost like a second first week. That first week of the season, you don't know exactly what's going to happen and, you know, how are guys going to play and how's it going to go and you get out and you kind of do it and you finally go, okay, you know, we got some football under us. The first week of conference play is much the same where you don't know exactly how it's going to play out. What is Jake Mayer going to look like against the Grizzly defense? How's Case Cookus in a snowy, windy September day in Bozeman going to look against the Montana State defense? All this stuff, all these questions were answered and answered resoundingly uh, by both uh, the Cats and the Grizz. So we will go through all that in the first hour. Top of the next hour, we will give you some Seattle Seahawks. The Hawks back on track. A strong, dominant win, fairly dominant win, quite dominant win, I would say, over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Jadavion Clowney, we were wondering when the ends were going to show up, when the new pass rushers were going to show up. Jadavion Clowney has a pick six for you, Seahawks fans. And Ziggy Ansah, his first sack as a Seahawk. Got to feel good all the way around. And then, of course, we will take a look around the Big Sky Conference, see what happened. There was a team, there was only one team in the uh, Big Sky Conference that did not have a win yet this season. Mm, They got a W on Saturday. So we'll go through all that stuff. Our show Outlook brought to you by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. The most fun, the most insured gutter cleaning around MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Get your estimate today. Coulter is on his way back. He was in Bozeman over the weekend. He will be here very shortly. He is en route, and he is close. So when he gets here, uh, obviously, I know that he is chopping at the bit to get into everything that went on. We're going to start with the University of Montana because they had uh, both these both these wins were big wins for both schools, obviously. But Montana going on the road to the number four team in the nation and not winning, blowing out, crush. I mean, thirty eight to seven at one point in this football game, ultimately finishing it off forty five to twenty. The game not in doubt. Jake Mayer take a seat. Twelve minutes remaining in the game. I mean, that was that was as dominant 
a victory and as well played a football game by the Montana Grizzlies as I've seen in a very long time, top to bottom. I mean, special teams, offense, defense, it was great all the way around. Uh, Dalton Sneed, your Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week for the second week in a row, 22 of 33, 268 yards and five, five, count them up, five touchdowns through the air, uh, including one of the great individual touchdowns I've ever seen to Sammy Akam on a 62-yarder that Akam, first of all, had no business catching in the first place, reached back, pulled it down anyways, and then just let the two defenders run into him and run into each other and fall over, and he just walked the rest of the way, 30 yards into the end zone. Phenomenal uh, catch for and, and run for Samuel Akam, who finished the day leading all receivers for the Montana Grizzlies. Six receptions for 99, uh, 97 yards and that score. Samari Torrey getting into the mix, 67 yards, a touchdown for him. Jerry Louie McGee had three receptions. 66% of them were for touchdowns. Two touchdowns on on three catches. Uh, and uh, they were both, imp- I mean, the throws that Dalton Steed was making. Two of the corners, two of the back shoulders, putting it on guys. Looked like no chance this is even going to be in the area. And give especially JLM some credit. He dove out there, laid out there, and brought balls in. And as soon as he gets his hands on a football, it's secure. It's going nowhere. Phenomenal day. And then on the ground, the Grizzlies, 260 yards rushing. Marcus Knight leading the way with 91. Dalton Sneed, 81. 81 yards on the ground in a game that certainly uh, had a game plan involvement for Dalton Snead to do it with his legs. He did Drew Turner coming in, getting his first looks. Four carries for 53 yards. First carry of his career goes 48 yards for for Drew Turner uh, late in the game. Uh, So it was fun to see him get in the action. The 260, by the way, on the ground for the Grizzlies set off because it is exactly 200 yards more than the Grizzlies allowed on the ground. To UC Davis. Now we know UC Davis likes to throw it. You know the, the the ground game isn't really their bread and butter. But 31 rushes for a net 60 yards. Now that includes some sack yardage and that. So I hate that part of it at the foot at the college football level. The, 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 the sacks get included into negative rushing yards because it's ultimately not a pass. But nonetheless, uh, it's a 103 yard gross gain, 60 yards of net uh, 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 rushing for. Uh, for UC Davis, and ultimately they averaged under two yards a carry on the ground uh, when it's all said and done. So it is an impressive game, to say the least, uh, for the University of Montana. And again, to number eight in the nation go the Grizzlies. They are a top 10 team for the first time since 2016. Uh, If you've been listening to the show, you know where I'm at on this, where I wanted to see this football game. Because I was, I, I am, I was, and I still do an extent. I am a big believer in UC Davis. I think they're great. I think they're a really good football team. They were made to look like a JV team on Saturday by the Montana Grizzlies. Again, I'm, I'm as impressed as I've been since I've been on the radio with the Montana football team right now, today, coming out of that win. Impre- impressive stuff. I want to play you some sound. By the way, thanks to Sean Rainey, our good buddy Sean Rainey over there at SWX Montana for getting this sound over to us from the postgame. We could not make it to sunny UC Davis, sadly. We needed to sit and freeze in uh, Montana. That was the goal this weekend. But here is the postgame sound. Just a couple of minutes for you uh, from Bobby Houck answering questions coming off a dominant 45-20 win against the number four team in the nation. Coach, obviously coming on the road, playing the fourth-ranked team in the country. You get a big win. How's it feel? Well, it's a good win for our team. Obviously, we're uh, happy to be 1-0 on this week and 1-0 in the conference. There's a, a long way to go, but when you go on the road and, and beat the number one, or excuse me, the number four ranked team in the country uh, at their place and, and get them pretty good, it's, uh, it's a good win for your team. Yeah, Coach, you talked up UC Davis earlier in the week, I mean, a lot, um, and this didn't seem to be the same team that you were talking up. Was it a different story talking with the players in the, in the locker room during the week? No, I, I think they have a great team. I really do. I, as I said, I wasn't lying when I said they deserved every bit of their ranking. I mean, they went to Fargo, North Dakota, and I never say should have won, but they had eight different ways they could have won that game over the perennial number one ranked team in the country. So, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's not about them. It's about our performance, and I'm proud of my guys. Are you surprised at how easy your offense was able to cut through the UC Davis need? Oh, I've been coaching long enough. Nothing really surprises me. Were you more impressed with the offense's performance or the defense's performance? Well, it was a pretty good team win. I mean, we controlled the field position and the special teams very well. Uh, we didn't we, we didn't take chances. We we kicked it and covered it and controlled the field position with the exception of the the uh, the two the 
the running into the punter car, the roughing the punter call and the fumble, we we uh, played a very sound game A to Z. Defensively, it seemed like you know didn't blitz as much as last week. Played a lot of a lot of coverage. Was that kind of something something that you saw coming in that you wanted to do? Uh, we had a good mix on them. You know they've got a, a quarterback who's uh, a fine player now. He's he's a he's a good player, and you know you have to give him some different looks if you just line up and blitz him every down. But it's not going to be good. But we did not uh, pressure as much as a lot of games for sure. Is just extra energy coming out of halftime at all. Uh, say that, what was the question again? Extra energy coming out of halftime for these guys to, you know, kind of uh, uh, start fast and. and uh, um, well, I don't know if it's energy or just playmaking or what. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that uh, we've been a good second half football team historically and and this year, and I just think that uh, some of the things that we have been working on for 20 months are taking hold. Obviously, you guys are so kind of week to week, and one win is one win, but. I mean, big picture, I know you guys, you know, you want to be competing for the, the Big Sky Conference Championship and things like that. So, like, what does this this win here today mean for kind of the big picture thing? It means we get to go play Idaho State at 1-0 in the league. Was there a lot of talk, Coach, going into this game about last year's game against Davis? Uh, no, not so much. I mean, it was more about who they are and the fourth-ranked team in the country, and you better go play well or you're going to get beat. And uh, we played well. They did play well. The Grizzlies played very, very well. And uh, the 1-0 and in conference, that's a theme that you're going to hear again because we got a lot of sound for you from the press conference today. It is Tutel Nuwana's. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. First hour of every week dedicated to football in the state of Montana. Uh, that was the post game at UC Davis. I got some sound for you from the press conference today. Uh, Bobby Houck, in, in revisiting this UC Davis game, he summed it up in two seconds. We're happy to be 1-0 in the big sky right now. We're happy to be 1-0 in the big sky right now. Did you catch that? We're happy to be 1-0 in the big sky right now. That's it. That is literally the only thing he said about the UC Davis game until asked about it later in the press conference. We'll have some of that for you. But an absolutely phenomenal, dominant win uh, by the Montana Grizzlies in this one. Uh, Coulter has just arrived. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We will continue uh, with the Grizzlies, what Bobby Houck had to say about the third quarter and how good Montana has been in it, what he thinks this says about them as a football team right now. I'll give you a little hint. Not that much. And uh, and we'll also hear a little bit from Jace Lewis as well. So we get all, to all of that to you right after this. It is to tell Nuanas. It is the Montana Football Hour on ESPN Radio and SWX Montana. And it is presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. We're happy to uh, be back together again after a, a long and devastating weekend apart, Coulter. I mean, it's been like 48 hours. I missed you so much. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Uh, Coulter, we got a bunch of sound here from, uh, from uh, Bobby Houck and from Jace Lewis as well. Uh, but when you look at this game 
and uh, you see what Montana did to UC Davis and the way they did it. And I give you credit because last week you listen, you can listen to our FCS Speculators Betting Podcast. You can listen to this show. You can listen to the podcast of this show. You said you expected Montana to win this football game. Uh, I was a lot more tepid about this, and it was more to me about UC Davis uh, than it was about the University of Montana. I think UC Davis went the other way coming off of a a game that they really got up for and played really well against North Dakota State, and uh, they got absolutely dominated in every way, but this is to me a lot more about the University of Montana than it is about the UC Davis Aggies, and what the Grizz did on Saturday was exact retribution for what happened in Washington Grizzly last year, and also cemented who and what they are, not just in the Big Sky Conference, but nationally, and that is a top 10 team. And when I say that, I don't mean merely that they're ranked in the top 10. What I am saying is that the University of Montana is, to me, without doubt, one of the 10 best teams in the country. And I have not been able to, I don't believe I've been able to say that since I've been on the radio waves in Missoula, Montana. I don't think I've, I don't if in five years, I don't think that has been true. Even even when they've been ranked there, and this time it's it's the truth. What this team is doing defensively, what they're doing offensively, the way Dalton Snead is playing, the way they're being coached, the way they—I mean, Adam Wills in a game that you win forty-five to twenty, and your butter is the special teams player of the uh, in the of the week in the country. Adam Wilson, three punts. F- one of over 50 yards, all of them inside the 20, and he's the national special teams player of the week. I mean, how good do you have to be to score five or six touchdowns and your punter is still the the, 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 the player of the week at the, for, the, for special teams? It's unbelievable. So this team right now, look, it's easy to get too high. Maybe I am because, uh, because of how good that win was. They're not all going to look like that, okay? They're not all going to look like that, but that's as good as it gets and this is a top 10 team in the nation. Haven't been around Bobby Houck as long as I have. I was 0% surprised by the result on Saturday. Yep. But it also it made me feel a certain way because I wanted to believe that Coach Houck would bring what I have always said has been missing. It's the edge. People talk about swagger. It's the wrong adjective. It's the edge. It's the irreverence. It's the take no prisoners. It's, it's summed up perfectly in the pirate flag that Bobby Houck, I guarantee you, has hanging in the locker room right now. Black flag game. We just won one. Do not let the next one be the one where they take it away from us. That's what has been missing. We've had so many debates is the scheme right or wrong for Montana? Is the attitude right or wrong for Montana? Does Montana just not have the talent they used to have? What happened to Montana? Montana forgot what made the Grizzlies the dominant program in the FCS for two decades. The refusal to lose. The expectation for excellence. UC Davis is a great story. Dan Hawkins coming back to his alma mater to bring the Aggies back into glory. The first glory they've ever experienced at the Division One level. Mm-hmm. And last year, they really seized the momentum early and then let it roll. And when you got a dude that nobody can guard, <laughs> Keelan Doss, pretty big advantage because he'll bail you out no matter what. But also, I think that they had the distinct advantage of just momentum on their side. And when, when you're encapsulated in a special season like that, it's hard to take away the magic. But then when you have a whole offseason... And you're reading your own headlines. And I'm not saying that UC Davis is cocky or overblown by any means. But I do think that going from the hunter to the hunted is a very distinct transition psychologically. Mm. And I just thought to myself, you, you, is Davis ready for the moment? Bobby Houck's been in the moment many, many, many times. This Davis team has not been in the moment. And the Grizz went and stole the moment. I thought schematically, X's and O's wise, we predicted, we both agreed, that Montana would be able to have an advantage offensively on the perimeter. UC Davis plays almost exclusively man coverage. They have really good cover corners. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're not going to guard Montana's receivers. If you consistently play one-on-one, all Dalton State has to do is put the b- ball on the money and throw a guy open. 
Those guys are going to get open. Jerry Lou McGee's saying touchdown catch ridiculous. Yes. Don't see just threw it to the pylon and just prayed. But you don't have to pray when you got Jerry Lou McGee because he's going to get it. Yeah. Sammy and Kim, he snares it in double coverage and he's two strides. He's six feet beyond the defenders. He fell over. I mean, he's down. And, and he's just gone. You know, I thought Sneed threw. It's not his most prolific passing yardage game. I thought it was his best game as a Grizz. I thought he controlled the offense peerlessly. I thought his accuracy, his touch, unbelievable. Five touchdowns, 268 yards through the air, and 81 rush yards. And those were all in the first half, and that was the key because they got UC Davis guessing. And when they got him guessing, then they banged him with Marcus Knight, and then boom, now the run pass option over the top. It's over. The other thing I thought was brilliant, though, we talked about how how is Montana going to put pressure on Jake Mayer without blitzing. Well, it didn't matter. They brought the house, but they brought it in very unique ways that we haven't seen yet before. Had him completely confused. The thing about Mayer is he's not athletic. He just can get the ball off from every angle. But if you just pile drive him, it doesn't matter. If you if it's just a jailbreak and he's got four guys in his face, it doesn't matter. I also thought they made brilliant substitutions by playing their young defensive linemen. They knew they were going to need speed off the edge exclusively. You said off the top, UC Davis doesn't necessarily rely on its run game, but they have to have the inside yeah. zone in the run game for the offense to work. Alonzo Gilliam is one of the best, probably the most complete back in the league because he's the best pass-catching back in the league. They made him almost completely irrelevant. And those two young DNs, Milton Mamula and Jacob McGoring, they both had their coming out party. Those two guys, plus Patrick O'Connell, plus then the linebacker, linebackers blitz, and they're able to just pile drive UC Davis. They never found a rhythm. Utterly dominant victory, all three phases of the game for the Grizz. I was, I, you said off the top, that was the most impressed you've been with the Grizz in a really long time. Me too. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, you asked a question, even though you know the answer, but you ask it because you have to, because, I mean, it's the obvious question. You went on the road. This is for Bobby Houck at the press conference today. You beat the number four team on the, in the nation. Didn't just beat him, dominated him. What does that say about you and your state of your football team right now? You know, we don't really look at it that way. We look at it as that's for you all. You got to have something to fill your week with. We we look at it as 1-0 in the big sky. 1-0 in the big sky, a recurring theme. That's what this game is. But we do need th- something to fill the week with, so I will say it. Dominant. And a top 10 team in the country. Number eight by ranking. And certainly that is accurate. So, the, the and, but this is what's going to happen. And you're going to hear Jace Lewis say the same thing. And Bobby Houck reiterate this. What are we? We're 1-0. Why are we happy about this win? Because we're 1-0. What do we get to do against Idaho State on Saturday? Play against them with a 1-0 record in the Big Sky Conference. The One of the main things we've learned since the playoffs expanded from 16 to 24 teams is that the playoff selection committee... They put as much, if not more, stock in bad losses as they do good wins, especially as the season progresses. Because this UC Davis win, this right now, this moment, is a great win. It's a great win. They just beat the number four team on the, in the country on the road. If UC Davis goes to North Dakota this week and loses, and they're 0-2 in Big Sky play, the win just got di- dissim- dissipates immediately. And if Davis somehow stumbles to a th- five and four or a five and three record in conference play or four and four, who knows? I mean, they still have to play at North Dakota. They still have to play the cats at home. They still have to play Weaver state. It's not, not an easy path for UC Davis, nor is it for a lot of teams in the league, but your win, your great win could become, it, it, it could, it could lose its luster as the season goes along, which is why as cliche as it sounds, as exhausting as it is to listen to sometimes, we have to go 1-0 every week because not only does this win lose luster depending on what UC Davis does, it also loses luster if what Montana does. Yeah. If Montana, we we are, we prognosticated the Grizz were going to go 3-1 and one in conference play. They did. We also prognosticated that the in Grizz... In non-conference. In non-conference play, excuse yeah. me. We, all, we also said during the season, we think that there's four key crucial games that the Grizz have to figure out how to split if they want to be in the mix for the playoffs. Davis, which they just won... They got Eastern Washington coming to town on October 26th. Two weeks later, they have Weaver State coming to town, and then they got to play the Cats and Bozeman. Got to go two and two somehow in those games. Well, even if they go three and one in those games, say they go four and zero oh in those games. If you don't win the other ones, it Idaho doesn't State matter. Saturday. That's what I'm saying. You got to beat Idaho State. You got to beat Sac State because the bad losses in the eyes of the committee and the eyes of the pollsters are a lot of times more detrimental to you than the good wins. Speaking of Idaho State. We have a pair of tickets for you to the homecoming football game this weekend in uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium. We got tickets for you all season long, boys and girls. That's what we do around here. We give away things. 
Uh, anyway, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take your best homecoming story. We want you to call. We're not now. I will tell you when. But during the course of the show, we're going to have you call in. Give us your best homecoming story. Keep it short. Two minutes or less. What was great for you? We're going to take a caller today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Three calls, three entries. The winner also going to uh, get a get those pair of tickets to the Grizzly Idaho State game. We'll pick that winner on Thursday. Also, you can be entered to win. If you follow us on Instagram, it's that easy. Go to the Instagram, 1029 ESPN, the handle. Go follow us there. New followers, we know who you are. We can track these things, uh, are going to be also entered in uh, to, uh, to win a pair. So we'll have five ultimate entries. Uh, in total, and we'll see how the stories go. But you go on there and do that. But we'll take your call uh, in uh, in the next hour uh, for uh, the pair of tickets to go to the Idaho State game. Coulter, Montana, once again, phenomenal in the third quarter in this game. Uh, 17-7 to was the score. 14-7 to at one point. The Grizz came out, scored two t- the first two scores of the game, uh, and then uh, uh, Davis got one back. 14-7. Brandon Purdy hits a field goal to close the half to uh, give it a 10-point lead. But Montana comes out. The Sammy Akem touchdown, not even a minute into the second half. Then Jerry Louis McGee gets his first one. Then Jerry M- Louis McGee gets his second one. And not six minutes into the third quarter, the Grizz are up 38-7, and this game is over. And UC Davis got no idea what happened. Now, UC Davis scored the next two touchdowns of the game, uh, you know, closed it, you know, got it, got up to 20 points in it. But Montana did end up finishing it off with the Marcus Knight touchdown at the end. But in that third quarter, the first six minutes of it, uh, they, and in fact, if you include the last field goal, the second half in six minutes, you know, they scored 24 points, 24 unanswered, much like, I might add, what UC Davis did to the Grizzlies in Missoula last season. So retribution exacted. But, the question, what has made Montana so good in that third quarter? Yeah, I think we've just executed well. We've been precise, sharp. Uh, that's where it comes from. It, it works in the second, first quarter, and the fourth quarter as well. But uh, we've been real, we've executed really well. Also, the uh, Grizzly defense had one of their premier outings. And really, the stats don't even get you to what this team did. They they badgered and banged away at Jake Mayer all afternoon. They had three sacks, but the interception was also the result of Jake Mayer absolutely just getting pummeled and uh, and knocked to the ground. So the question this time to Jace Lewis, great linebacker, 13 tackles in this game, by the way, led all Grizzlies with tackles. He was at the press conference today. Uh, how much confidence, uh, you know, how, is this a big confidence boost to do that to such a prolific offense? Yeah, I mean, uh, we came out of that game feeling pretty good, but like Coach Houck said, I mean, we're 1-0 in the conference, and that's the biggest thing right now for us. 1-0 in the conference. Here's the thing, man. There's so many programs that, that tout themselves and use the media as a way to accentuate their national brands and, and message things and and that's all good. I, I think it's really good at, for a small school level of football like this. I mean, everybody needs publicity. Everybody needs extra exposure. If you want to know how the Grizz feel about themselves, don't ask them at the press conference. Don't ever, don't even read into any of this stuff. Just watch them. Mm-hmm. Want to know how the Grizz feel? Watch Patrick McConnell do the calf roping celebration after he sacks Jake Mayer backside. Watch Jace Lewis's Dante Olson Jr. celebration where he's ripping his shirt off. How about by the way, how about Dante Olson's pick? How athletic was that? Incredible. I mean he stops on a diamond and show I mean Matt Nicholson told me that when he was a when Dante Olson was a third year sophomore he had a 41 inch vertical. Matt Nicholson Montana strength coach. Yeah. So, so he had a 41 inch vertical. He looked like he had a 40 inch vertical on that pick. Yeah, it did. was unbelievable. Well it's one thing to jump up and touch the ball. It's another thing to actually catch the duck. Especially when you were back Going backwards, yeah. Uh, by the way, you want to know two things that, that stood out to me in this game? The Marcus Knight touchdown. First of all, Montana came close to scoring a touchdown to Marcus Knight. Then they line up quick and run it and do score. Then the referees say, oh, no, 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 no. That play didn't happen. We have to review the previous play, which they reviewed and said, no, the call stands. It was not a touchdown. So now you got to line up again and go for it again. And now this time UC Davis has a chance to, to breathe and get themselves all set up. Montana runs up there, hands the ball off again to Marcus Knight, and they just bulldoze everybody and roll into the end zone for a touchdown. And Bobby Houck, they cut to him on the television, hands up, and he, you know he's not a guy who gets – you know, all excited and all that. But you could see the, you line up your best, I'll line up my best, and we'll see which direction this line goes. And we'll see which direction the football goes when I hand it off to my running back. And where it went was to pay dirt. 
for the last touchdown of the game, and really, I mean, the ultimate kind of the cementing of, of a football game that was that that was not in doubt, but kind of that final play. And you could see Bobby Houck in his reaction. He puts the hands up for the touchdown and then gives just a little bit of a fist bump in there that you don't see out of Bobby Houck very often. And I think it was a lot of things. I think it was happy about the play as, as sort of nominal as the play looked. Not often a one-yard run is something to get too excited about, even when it is a touchdown. But also uh, because he understood exactly what this team was doing to this very good uh, opponent in that moment. And I think that that was a big, a big part of it as well. Speaking of, I asked Coach Houck today about the offensive line, which did win on Saturday, and they haven't won a lot in the last couple of seasons. They were better than the than the UC Davis uh, a defensive line and uh, have improved greatly. I asked him just simply about the improvement to the halfway point in the year. Well, I think we're getting better. Um, I think we've re- improved uh, throughout the offseason, and then I wouldn't say each week because we didn't play very well at Oregon, but uh, we've improved through the season so far so through the first uh you know third to half the season it's it's been better i think they're playing with more uh confidence probably because they have better understanding of the offense and um you know we're just gonna we're just going to keep playing uh a lot of bodies in that group and everybody gives us a little bit something different which helps so there you go uh bobby how talking about the offensive line coulter Here's the one. Uh, I, I'm not being cautiously optimistic. I'm being fully optimistic about the Montana Grizzlies. What they are as a football team, again, is a top 10 team in the nation. Mm-hmm. That said, you are just simply ne- not going to play your best group team total game week every single week. Okay, you're gonna have some weeks where you, you're gonna have to grind it out. You're gonna have to figure it out. You're gonna have a close game, maybe play an ugly. Game. Montana State, awful in the first half, turnovers, everything. They found a way to win and win big. Ultimately, we'll yep. get to that. Yep. You're not. My point is simply this: blowing out the number four team in the nation on the road isn't just now the new rule about what Montana's going to do week in and week out and expect a 30-point victory over mediocre teams. That's not that's not it. That said, so 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 that is my caution. Is you are going to still have to come to play each and every week, which I think Bobby Houck is very good at getting his teams to do. But even when you're come mentally prepared to play, physically prepared to play, mistakes will happen and do happen and other teams are going to play up at times. And so just because, and, and so I guess the one thing is you put right here in the middle of this season and right at the front end of the conference season, this gem that Montana just delivered on Saturday, and now the expectation, everybody goes, RTD, done deal, stamp it. Montana is back. And I do, I actually think Montana is back in a lot of ways. Yep. But that doesn't mean that it's just, let, we'll see in the semi, the national semifinal. Right? I mean, there's a lot between here and there. Well, straight up, the number one reason why... there's We've talked about this a lot on the show, but there's so many different types of coaches. There's the coach that's the rebuilder. There's the coach that's the next level guy. There's the coach that's the maintainer. And I thought that the number one reason why Bobby Houck went 80-17 and 17, his first tenure at Montana was not necessarily because he inherited a team that had gone to two national championships and won one the previous three years before he took over in 2003, but it was more because... What does Travis DeCure always talk about? Montana head men's basketball coach. Compete with desperation. Mm-hmm. You have to compete with desperation. There was a lot of exterior factors that played into the desperation that Bobby Houck and his staff and then in turn the players played with. Back then there was no such thing as year, as multi-year contracts. Bobby Houck was going undefeated and having a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. And he made that mentality matriculate into his staff by basically... I mean, Rob Fennessy told us at the Big Sky kickoff last year, he said... I thought I was coaching for my job every single day. Mm-hmm. We got fistfuls of Big Sky Championship rings, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm not, if I don't get better this week, I might be getting fired. <laughs> and it was a specific mental tactic. Then you also talk about all the great Montana players who were either partial scholarship or walk-on guys. We have so many of those guys across the roster, whether it's Colt Anderson or Sean Lebsock or Austin Mullins or you know just on down the line, Chase Reynolds. That really, really builds the internal 
motivation of the team and the internal cohesiveness of the team. But I think that the, the other factor, and we've talked about this a lot, I think we, we could safely say that at Montana State, Jeff Choate is a good rebuilder because he has he has a structure for what he wants. He has a vision for what he wants. He consistently preaches that vision. And now they're to the point where they've almost rebuilt. And they're the number six team in the country. They have a real opportunity here to make a breakthrough, to be a true national contender, not just an upstart team that gets a you know, a kind of a lame home playoff game and then gets to go to, you know, gets taken to Slaughterhouse yeah. in, at the Fargo Dome, they have a real chance to maybe get a buy and maybe have some playoff success. But one of the number one factors for Montana State is going to be how do they handle success? When you know you're building, 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 you're the underdog, you're the underdog, you're the underdog. When you win, it's an epic accomplishment. But how do you handle it when you're the team that everybody's trying to knock off? That's where Coach Houck was so, so, so good the first time around. Bring on, bring it on, bring your best shot. We are ready for it. Now, Montana, you can't get you can't get drunk on yourself. You can't sit there and read your own headlines. You can't just say, "Man, we beat the number four team in the country." These next this next month until we play Eastern. Cruise control will be good. Yeah. No, you have to treat it the same because if you treat it the same, you'll whip the next three teams you play. Yeah. But if you don't, Look I, mean, I mean, Portland State, we didn't know what Portland State was coming into this week, and we're going to get into the round of the big sky. But Portland State played great against Arkansas. They played okay against Boise State, and they scored 60 against two completely overmatched opponents. They obviously did not have their heads screwed on straight in Pocatello. They got 41 points in the first 25 minutes of that game. They're they got down ripped. Four, they got, they were down 41-10 at halftime. Yeah. But it was 41-10 with like six minutes to go in the second quarter. I mean, they were they got absolutely destroyed. That's what happens to you in this league if you underestimate anybody. Look what happened to Idaho. Idaho beats Eastern, and then they go lose to a winless Northern Colorado team. Uh-oh. Enough enough said. You cannot underestimate anybody in this league. So to your point, that's what Montana has to be cognizant of. You cannot Rest on your laurels. You have to treat every week just like they just treated this last week. Two-Tail Nuanas, CSPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Montana State Bobcats. A huge win for the Cats at home in a game that looked like it was going, not looked like, did go sideways on them for almost an entire half. And then they got it rolling and specifically on the ground. 22 straight carries, well over 200 yards on the ground, and a whole bunch of touchdowns because... Well, they started to blow NAU away up front. So we'll get into that game. We'll hear from Jeff Choate. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Montana Football Hour continues. It is to tell Nuanas. It is 1029 ESPN Radio. It is SWX Montana Television, and we are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. And online at KurtzPolaris.com. The Montana Football Hour brought to you by Lithia Ford of Missoula. And I want to remind everybody, we are going to give away tickets to this weekend's Montana-Idaho State homecoming football game for the Grizzlies. You're going to call in with your best homecoming story. Okay, we'll let you know when to do that. It's coming up. Uh, Coulter, the Montana State Bobcats, I was watching this as I was driving uh, to Spokane. Let me say that differently. Let me say that differently. Let me just stop right there, okay? I was, yeah, yeah, I was, SWX with, on I was, with, sideways. I was with my wife and my three children in our minivan driving I-90 to uh, uh, Spokane. I was not watching and driving. Uh, 
we got an hour out of town. I pulled over at the $50,000 bar. I said, Tina, I would appreciate it very much if you would drive. And maybe that makes me a jerk for, for, for asking her to drive over Lookout Pass, but she's good for it. She's like, sure. Got in there. Then I was watching the game on my tele, telephone. 7 nothing NAU. Okay. Fumble. Oh, boy. What's going on here? 14 nothing NAU. Okay. Interesting. Uh, okay. What's going on here? Oh, 21? 21 nothing? And I'm sitting here going, Montana State, the number seven team in the nation, the year that is supposed to come together for them is getting boat raced in their own house by a questionable opponent, like like a literal question mark, a team that we don't know what they are in their home opener. And I said, oh, oh, wow. Now they salvaged it in the first half. They got a touchdown that was big on the Travis Johnson 14-yard run. They also uh, got that big touchdown by Coy Steele, who – how tough is this kid? He gets absolutely sandwiched, runs another 20 yards, and then goes down in the end zone. And is, I mean, I don't know if it's ribs or if it's just got the wind knocked out of him, but he got, he, he got, got killed. Killed. No, he was like shaking on the field. And it was like actually a scary scene. I couldn't believe yes. it because he took the brunt of the force. The 25 And then they bo- both the defenders fall down. And he basically is just standing there and he's like, looks down. He's like, well, I, I got to go. And then he sprints into the end zone. And as soon as he gets in the end zone, he just lays down yeah, and like was, starts shaking. Was what was going on. But anyway. I mean, he's listed as doubtful this week, so it's obviously something bad. Major. But they get it to, to 21-14. And then NAU scores another touchdown before the half. And then they come out and kick a field goal in the third quarter. And it's 31-14. And you go, what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is that Montana State's going to score the next one, two, three, four, five touchdowns without an answer and win going away. Without and, throwing the ball. And run the ball 22 consecutive times at one point during that stretch and dominate Northern Arizona, especially in that second half. On the one hand, you say, how do you get down 21 nothing? On the other hand, I say this. The Montana State teams of the past, that would be it. That would be it. Fold it up. Totally. See you later. Not our day. We were supposed to be good. And we're not as good as we thought, whatever, whatever. They said, no, 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 no. First of all, we're going to score a little bit in the first half just to just just to put people on notice. And then in the second half, we're just going to do what we do and run you over. They did it. They dominated the football game. And they got a, a what, what turned out to be a, a, a quote-unquote easy win, a dominant win, 49-31, uh, to 31 over a team. which And they pulled it off in about a quarter and a half. They're such a polarizing team right now, man, because honestly their quarterback situation is as bad as it could be. Tucker Rovig was awful. I mean, he was he was awful. He threw a pick six and then he literally could not complete a throw. I mean, he was they were trying to give him the easiest throws in their playbook. The take the snap and throw it two yards to the flat to Kevin Cassis. Eleven of twenty three for one oh six and started the game with a pick six. He's, he was three of three to start too, so I think he was eight of twenty one after, eight of twenty after, do the math, but it, it was not good. Yeah. For Rovig, but it wasn't just the stats. I mean, he missed five, I mean, rudimentary high school level throws. I'm not trying to dog on the kid, but it's you, reality. Could, you could just tell that he he straight up he lost his confidence. And to compound the whole situation, NAU came out with a defensive game plan that was a little bit different than what Montana State expected. They were smashing the run game. Logan Jones fumbles. You have you line up on your, on your second possession. You line up for a fake punt. You get called for a false start, so now you can't run the fake. You get a, a punt all the way down to the one-yard line, but JoJo Henderson's toe goes in the end zone, so instead of having Case Cookus in the NAU offense having 99 yards to go, they got 80 yards to go. They get in a rhythm. Boom, bam, bam. Ten plays later, 80 yards, less than three minutes. NAU's rolling. Okay, now they're up 14 nothing. Then Logan Joseph's fumbled. Now they're up 21 nothing. And you're thinking you're in for just a terribly long day. You know, and then in the second half, they come out of the locker room, they get a stop, force a punt. Jack Way Allen fumbles the punt, NAU gets it again. But I thought that was the key moment of the game because they had made so many mistakes to that point. And instead, they bowed up and they forced a field goal. And that forcing a field goal to make it 31-14, after that, the tide completely turned. And you saw a team that basically scrapped their game plan. Troy Anderson was not healthy. He he was he's still banged up. He was playing dime. Basically he's playing dime back on defense and that's it. And he was playing a few snaps on offense and that's it. And they basically scrapped the whole thing and they put Travis Johnson at quarterback and they ran the zone read 
over and over and over and over again. To have, so I, I, why I say it's polarizing is, on one hand, their issues are as glaring as they've ever been, and they were on full display. But on the other hand, you have a team that can basically scrap the whole thing and say, all right, let's go out back and just get in a fist fight. Yeah. And we don't care. It's like Jeff Choate said after the game. He said, people that think that you can't come down, come back from multi-score deficits if you're a run-first team haven't seen us run the ball. If we're getting eight yards of carry, and we can run the ball 22 times in a row. I mean, they rushed for 250 yards in the second half. 340 yards rushing in this football game. And again, 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 this was, this was after averaging 2.2 yards per carry in the first half. Their run game was getting completely and utterly smothered. Yeah. And they come out and rush for 250 yards in the second half. Oh, by the way, with Troy Anderson being very limited and Isaiah Fonse being out. Yes. So, again, this Bobcat team continues to be so polarizing because I think that their weaknesses continue to get exploited, but their strengths are exceedingly strong. They're exceedingly strong. And let's let's listen to some choke sound for a second first, and then we'll get into another concept I want to talk about, which is the concept of them being a second-half team. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. This is post-game. This is not the press conference today. Post-game, the game in review from Jeff Choate. Yeah, it wasn't anything special. I wish I could uh, could really uh, lean on that. But bottom line is, you know, a lot of self-inflicted wounds in the first half. Uh, you know, we throw the pick six, give them a lot of momentum. Case Cook has made some ridiculous throws. Number 10 makes a couple crazy catches. You know, you look up the scoreboard, you're down 21 to nothing. And, uh, you know, fortunately at that point in time, we were able to put something together on offense. I create a little bit of momentum with a, a nice punt return by Quay. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a sloppy game given the atmosphere that we were in today. But, uh, you know, credit Northern Arizona. They had a good game plan. They did some things offensively, moved some guys around a little bit that we hadn't necessarily seen up to this point in time. Uh, had a good scheme to take away our core run game early. But as usual, you know, keep, you know, chopping wood and carrying water, do what we do. And, uh, you know, we ended up 52 carries, 449 yards, had 39 first downs. So uh, in spite of the fact that we, uh, you know, kind of kicked the ball around and didn't play very well for about a half. Uh, we were able to put some things together and uh, close this thing out in a b- pretty dominant fashion at the end. No doubt about that. He was also asked specifically about the run game and wearing out the defense in the second half. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, I think our guys put a lot of time in in the summer, and uh, they take a lot of pride in being the best conditioned team. And you know, we say it every single game at halftime, we're a second-half team. You know, they don't know what we got in the tank. And um, when, when you got guys like, you know, Mitch Brott and Lewis Kidd leaning on people and, you know, we can go to a, a whole bunch of different backs and we can create some problems for them by having a guy like Travis in there, um, you know, it, it, it's difficult to defend and it does, it, it wears guys out. The second half, you guys rushed for 244 yards. I think you had 23 consecutive rushing plays. What did you change after halftime adjustment-wise, or was it just a matter of just continuing to stick with it? No, we talked about, you know, that's kind of who really NAU has been, is they've been kind of, you know, get their negative plays and, and uh, you know, when they're fresh and healthy and ready to roll, you know, they're hard, they're hard to run. I mean, they were packing the box for sure. We weren't throwing the ball very efficiently today. Um, and that, that was really the big conversation with half, at halftime is just, you know, hey, we just keep throwing the body blows. Pretty soon the dam's going to break. And, uh, you know, I think these guys bought in and believed in it and went out and executed. Body blows. Body blows. 
I mean, that's 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 what you got to do. And they have uh, Travis Johnson going for 105 yards on 13 carries, by the way. His first 100-yard rushing game of his career. Logan Jones goes for 78. Shane Perry goes for 70. Troy Anderson, 45 and a score. Again, 340 yards on the ground without Isaiah Infonse. Without, I mean, Troy Anderson, like you said, very limited. And I, I, I want to talk more about him because that that bothers me. I'm very upset by this right now. But uh, but nonetheless, what that offensive line with with uh, you know with Kid and Brought and the group up there, what they bring to it, and frankly, I mean Logan Jones. If you didn't know, you would think, yeah, the number one running back on his football team. I mean, he look even though there's giant gaping holes, he moves around, he runs with speed, he can he can he's shifty and he's tough, even though he's small. There's no real discernible way to. Identify Logan Jones, Lane Sumner, and Shane Perry, except for their numbers. The number, yeah. <laughs> and so right. when you're back there, you're Same like, well, there's a new guy, but you're like, is it a new guy? And it's especially because yeah. Shane Perry and Logan Jones are 28 and 29, you're like, which one is it? Who is it? Shane Perry's a little taller than the other two guys, but all three of them are just sort of short, stocky, flashy guys. It's 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 interesting to watch. But here's the thing, I, we can get a little bit more into this in the second hour if we need to. But Montana State has built a culture of being a second-half team. And now, just in their last... So, first of all, let's analyze this thing. Montana State's now won nine out of their last 11 games, if you go back to last season. The only two losses are at number one North Dakota State in the playoffs and at Texas Tech. Besides that, they've won nine of their last 11 games. Mm -hmm. In no less than four of those games, they were down at least two scores right out the gates, and as many as three scores, if people remember last year in Missoula, down 22 nothing. In this game, down 21 nothing, and they've won those games. Now, again, double-edged sword, right? Because it is a tremendous accomplishment to be able to do that. But like Jeff Choate said, and he talked extensively about it today, too, and we'll play that sound for you tomorrow. He said, hey, we got to identify this thing because it's great that we can rally from a 21 nothing deficit, and I'm proud of the guys. But if you want to win a national championship, you go down 21 nothing at North Dakota State, you're done. Yeah. South Dakota State, you're done. And they did that against both those teams last year, and they lost 45-14, to 14, and they lost 59-10. to 10. Yeah. So you can't do it. But you know, Braden Conkle talked about it in the postgame, too. He said, hey, we're proud to be the second-half team, but we can't stick like this because if you get in the bad habit of thinking you always can rally, you probably can against a middle-of-the-road Big Sky team like NAU. You can't in the national playoffs. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour. Here's what we're going to do. Our number one is in the books. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish up because we still have more to talk about about Montana State. But we also are going to get into the Seattle Seahawks. We want to do that uh, at the uh, at the top of each hour on Monday and coming out of a, a game yesterday. It was a huge game for Seattle. Get into that too. So we'll cover uh, both of those right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 